You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. Although it is true that God blesses and grants success to those who seek to obey Him, God will pull His blessings away for one who willfully chooses to disobey and live in sin. He will pull His blessings away. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. We can't continue to serving God while holding on to false gods. Do you hold someone in your life too high on a pedestal? It's tempting to look to people who are flesh and blood in front of our very eyes. But God warns us of the dangers that will follow. Today in his message, Pastor Dave shows us the problems the leaders in the Old Testament faced and the consequences that followed. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 9. As he continues his message, Jehu, a killing machine, commanded and condemned. Zimri assassinated King Bathsheba of Israel in 1 Kings 16. Zimri was also a servant of Bathsheba, the commander of the army. It was her way of calling Jehu a despicable rebel. There are other things we might call each other in the name, and it means something. That's what she was saying. It also implied a threat because of the brief reign of Zimri was ended by Omri who was the father of Ahab and the father-in-law of the Jezebel. And the implication that she was saying here, the dynasty of Omri will defeat you just like it defeated Zimri. The word of the Lord is always true. I love Jehu yells up, who's with me? Three eunuchs stick their head out the window. And he goes, throw her down. Okay, and they just throw her down. They just throw her down. It's crazy. They probably had despised this lady for a long time. They probably had known what she'd done, and they were witness to a lot of things that she had done. In ancient Eastern cultures, the desecration of the dead body was a fate worse than death. Yet Jehu was completely untroubled by the ugly ugly end of Jezreel. He ate and drank after he trampled over a body with a horse. I could care less. Pretty brutal incidents going on here, don't you think? says, the word of the Lord, God's promise against Jezebel and the house of Ahab was exactly and righteously fulfilled. It all came to pass. Enter into chapter 10. We're going to read all 28 verses. Well, we're going to read 28 verses, so bear with me, please. Now Ahab had 70 sons in Samaria. And Jehu wrote and sent letters to Samaria to the rulers of Jezreel, to the elders and those who reared in Ahab's son, saying, Now, as soon as this letter comes to you, since your master's sons are with you, and you have chariots and horses, a fortified city also, and weapons, choose the best qualified of your master's sons, set him on his father's throne, and fight for your master's house. But they were exceedingly afraid and said, Look, two kings could not stand up to him. How then can we stand? 
and he was in charge of the house, and he was in charge of the city. The elders also, and those who reared the sons, sent to Jehu, saying, We are your servants. We will do all you tell us, but we will not make anyone king. Do what is good in your sight. Hmm. Then he wrote a second letter to them, saying, If you are for me and will obey my voice, take the heads of the men, your master's sons, and come to me tomorrow, Jezreel, by this time. Okay, prove that you're with me. You say you're with me, this is what I want you to do. Now the king's sons, 70 persons, were with the great men of the city who were rearing them. So it was when the letter came to them that they took the king's son, slaughtered 70 persons, put their heads in baskets and sent them to Jezreel. Then the messenger came and told him, saying, They have brought the heads of the king's son. And he said, Lay them in two heaps at the entrance of the gate until morning. So it was in the morning that he went out and stood and said to the people, all the people, You are righteous. Indeed, I conspired against my master and killed him. But who killed all these? Know now that nothing shall fall to the earth at the word of the Lord, which the Lord spoke concerning the house of Ahab. For the Lord has done what he spoke by his servant Elijah. So Jehiel killed all who remained in the house of Ahab in Jezreel and all his great men and his close acquaintances and his priests until he left them none remaining. Whew. Jehu is a killing machine, man. Well, he puts Rambo and all those other guys to shame. And he rose and departed and went to Samaria on the way at Beth Echid of the shepherds. Jehu met the brothers of Azahiah, king of Judah, and said, Who are you? So they answered, We are the brothers of Azahiah. We have come down to greet the sons of the king and the sons of the queen mother. And he said to them, Take them alive. So they took them alive and killed them at the well of Beth Echid. Forty-two men, and he left none of them. And now we're at 112. 15. Now, when he departed from there, he went Jehonanab, the son of Rechab, coming to meet him. And he greeted him and said to him, Is your heart right, as my heart is toward your heart? And the other guys answered and said, It is Jehu. It is, if it is, give me your hand. So he gave him his hand, and he took him into the chariot. Then he said, Come with me and see the zeal of the Lord. So they had him ride in his chariot. And when he came to Samaria, he killed all who remained in the, to Ahab in Samaria, till he had destroyed them according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to Elijah. What is going on here? We're going to read down to 28. Then Jehu gathered all the people together and said to them, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu will serve him much. Now therefore... Call to me all the prophets of Baal, all his servants and all his priests. Let no one be missing, for I have a great sacrifice for Baal. Whoever is missing shall not live. But Jehu acted deceptively and intent in destroying the worshipers of Baal. And Jehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal. So they proclaimed it. Then Jehu sent throughout all Israel and all the worshipers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left who did not come. So they came into the temple of Baal, and the temple of Baal was full from one end of the other. And he said to the one who was in charge of the wardrobe, Bring out vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. So he brought out vestments for them. Then Jehu said to the other guy, the son of Rechab, went into the temple of Baal and said to the worshipers of Baal, Search and see that no servants of the Lord are here with you, but only the worshipers of Baal. 
So they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu, the appointed for himself, 80 men on the outside and said, If any of these men whom I brought into your hands escapes, whoever lets them escape, it shall be his life for the life of the other. Now it happened, as soon as he had made an end of the offering, of the burnt offering, that Jehu said to the guard and the captains, Go in and kill them. Let not one come out. And they killed them with the edge of the sword. Then the guards and the officers threw him out and went into the inner room into the temple of Baal. And they brought the sacred pillars out of the temple of Baal and burned them. And they broke down the sacred pillar of Baal and tore down the temple of Baal and made it a refuge dump for that day. Thus Jehu destroyed Baal from Israel. Oof. Wow. So, what do you think? What do you think's going on here? Sounds like a good thing. Sounds like Jehu now is kicking butt and taking names. Sounds like he's just really doing all the Lord's work for him. Sounds like he's really doing a great job. Really doing a wonderful job. Look at verse 29 through 31. However, Jehu did not turn away from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who had made Israel sin, that is, from the golden calves that were in Bethel and Dan. And the Lord said to Jehu, Because you have done well in doing what is right in my sight, and have done to the house of Ahab all that was in my heart, your son shall sit on the throne of Israel to the fourth generation. But Jehu took no heed to walk in the law of the Lord God of Israel and all his heart, for he did not depart from the sins of Jeroboam who made Israel sin. So here's the question. Before we have the question, we have to go to the answer. Turn to, if you want, or I'll turn there and read it to you. Hosea. Hosea 1 verse 4. Hosea 1, verse 4. Prophet Hosea, who was alive in the days of Jeroboam, he says this, the Lord said to me, call his name Jezreel, in verse 4, for in a little while I will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu. So, the question is, if God commanded Jehu to wipe out the house of Ahab, why did Hosea prophesy that God will avenge the bloodshed of Jezreel on the house of Jehu? That's the question. That's what's on my mind. Why? Is it a contradiction? Yeah, well, that's it. We're done. Why would God command Jehu to do these things and then condemn him? No repentance. He killed all the Well, he had them killed, so he's responsible for killing them. And he didn't repent. He followed the ways of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. Remember what he said up here? He said, Ahab served Baal a little. Jehu will serve him much. He may have killed all the worshipers of Baal and all the priests of Baal, but he still had it in his heart. Jehu had great zeal in eliminating the line of Ahab. He killed Queen Jezebel, the wife. And he continued to kill. He killed Azahiah of Judah. But when it came to Jezreel, he exceeded by killing all those who remained in Ahab's house. He exceeded his killing. 
He killed the great men. He killed the close acquaintances. He killed the priest. And although Jehu was commanded by God to wipe out Ahab and his line, Jehu was never praised for his access. It's the excess. It's the excess that's getting him into trouble. He became bloodthirsty. He liked it too much. He got into killing. He said, this is great. I'm going to wipe them all out. Lord, I'm going to do you a great job. I'm going to get rid of all these guys. God was upset because of his bloodthirstiness, slaughtering the worshipers of Baal. That was horrid. As far as we know, God never commanded Jehu to slaughter the worshipers of Baal. God never commanded Jehu to do this. Even though Baal was despised by the Lord, he didn't command them to do this. And although Jehu fulfilled God's command and exterminated the house of Ahab, he didn't have the right motives for doing it. His motives were wrong. He was serving the Lord with the wrong capacity and the wrong motive. And that's extremely important. Extremely important. What can we learn from his actions? Many of us think we're serving the Lord and we work with great zeal to accomplish this. But it's the wrong zeal. Christianity has a bad name for people like this. I hate abortion. I can't stand abortion. But I'm not going to go to an abortion clinic and start shooting doctors. This is what Jehu is doing. Don't you see? This is what Jehu is doing. That's not what the Lord wants. We have to learn a lesson. It doesn't matter how hard we work for the Lord if we are not truly obedient to his word. God gives us his word for a reason so that we be obedient to it and that we would follow it and not error one side or the next. We can't change God's word. We can't add to God's word. We got to follow it specifically. Look at 32 through 36. In those days, the Lord began to cut off parts of Israel. And Haziel conquered them in all the territory of Israel. From the Jordan eastward, all the land of Gilead, Gad, Reuben, Manasseh, and Ardnor, which is in the river Ardnon, including Gilead and Bashan. Now the rest of the acts of Jehu, all that he did, all his might, are they not written in the book of Chronicles of the kings of Israel? So Jehu rested with his father, and they buried him in Samaria. Jehoahaz, the son, his son, reigned in his place, and the period that Jehu reigned over Israel and Samaria was 28 years. We can learn that although it is true that God blesses and grants success to those who seek to obey him, God will pull his blessings away for one who willfully chooses to disobey and live in sin. He will pull his blessings away. Jesus said you can't serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. You either hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. We can't continue to serving God while holding on to false gods. Joshua made it quite clear in 2415, choose this day whom you will serve. So where's your alliance? Either your alliance is with God totally, or it's with other people. And if it's with other people, I say repent and come back to God. If you're choosing other things besides God, if you're choosing an addiction, whether it be alcohol, whether it be drugs, whether it be gambling, whether it be sex, whether whatever it is, if you're choosing that instead of God, repent and come back to God. He loves you. He died for those sins. He loves you. Repent and come back to God. The Lord blessed Jehu for his obedience. He granted him a dynasty to the fourth generation. He blessed him abundantly. But when he continued to hold on to the idolatrous worship that Jeroboam had. He began to reduce the size of Israel. 
God said, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, you followed me, but man, you got to know when to stop. you got to know when I, my word says no. It's possible to have zeal for God's work, but to overdo that zeal, that leads to terrible consequences and terrible things. And that's what I see here happening with Jehu. He was great zeal for God. Name another person in the Bible who had great zeal for God, but it went the wrong way. A man by the name of Saul of Tarsus had great zeal for God, didn't he? Had great zeal for God, but he was going the wrong way. He was killing Christians. Satan always finds a way to fill that void with something else. And if we're susceptible to that, we'll fall into that also. And you'll see that's what happens with Jehu. His zealousness resorted in condemning others for their false belief. He was condemning Baal for their false belief while living in sin. Hmm. Did Jesus say something about that? Remove the railroad tie out of your own eye before you remove the speck out of your brother's eye? Jehu was a killing machine. He was a killing machine. He denounced the sin of others, but he wasn't aware of his own. And sometimes we do that too. We've said it a million times. We repeat it, we repeat it. My sin looks horrible on you, but it don't look so bad on me. He eliminated one form of idolatry, but he never took down the golden calves. He never took down the golden calves. Yeah, we eliminate things out of our lives, but we leave a few things left. When you give up the sin, you got to give it up all the way. Don't compromise. Don't compromise by taking a little drink here and there, by taking a little pill here and there. Just give it up. Get rid of it. I said this a million times. I don't mind repeating myself when I get this way. In the movie Fireproof, he was addicted to pornography. And he continued to look at all these crazy things on pornography. And his wife knew it. And his wife called about him all the time. And finally, his father told him that he has to give sin up completely. And one day, I love the figure when he takes his computer out back with a baseball back and knocks the snot out of it. I love that. What did he do? He got rid of it. What did Jesus say? Come on. What did Jesus say about that? If your eye sins against you, what? Pluck it out. Now, I'm not asking you to take your eye out. But you have a mechanism in your eyes called an eyelid. Close it. You get rid of that which is causing you to sin. You stop doing it. I'm not now, again, trust me on this. I'm not up here telling you how easy it is because I know it's difficult. I'm not up here telling you, oh, it's a breeze. All you got. No, I'm not telling you that. But I'm telling you it can be done with the Lord. You have brothers and sisters here who love you, who want to help you and see you continue moving on. I don't hear anybody calling me saying, you know, I'm really having a hard time today. What am I going to do? Well, let's go have a cup of coffee. Okay. Nobody's calling me with those kind of things. We're here to help. Jesus says, don't find fault with others when you recognize your own. When you're tempted to criticize someone, use this opportunity to reflect on your own life. When you're tempted to point someone out that they've made a mistake or a sin, what about you? What about you? Hold that mirror up and look into it careful. Are you guilty of the same sins that that person is? Find your own faults. Jesus railed against hypocrisy, folks. Jesus railed against hypocrisy, and he, he reserved those harshest words for the Pharisees. He was, had better words for prostitutes and tax collectors than he did Pharisees, because they knew they were sinners. They knew they were sinners. Jehu was devoted to God to the point that he disobeyed God because he wanted to serve his own interests. He wanted to serve his own interests. 
Why did Jehu destroy the idols of Baal, but not the golden calves? Because his motives were political. They weren't spiritual. They were political. If he destroyed the golden calves, the people would have had to go to Jerusalem to worship. But he wanted to keep the people to themselves. Are we devoted to God only to serve our own interest? I mean, do we serve God in ministry so that people will recognize us and pat us on the back? Do we serve God not only because we want God's rewards, but because we truly love him and his people? What are you willing to do? I mean, come on. Partial obedience, which is what I see Jehu doing, leads to trouble. That's compromise. We've talked at length about compromise. This disobedience by Jehu cost him dearly. Even though God commended him, but he was also condemned. You can't think that we've done great by following some of God's laws. Well, you know, I'm not too bad. Look at those Ten Commandments. I've kept four out of ten. That's not bad. Forty percent. If I was a baseball player, that'd be five, four hundred. Boy, I'd make the Hall of Fame. You can't think we're good just because we obey a few of them. The ones that fit our needs. The ones that we think we can. We've got to give our lives to Christ. You never want to give Satan a foothold in your life. And every time you go back to the sin that so easily besets you, that so easily ensnares you, as Marcus taught many times, you're inviting seven demons back in your life. Come on in, guys. Woohoo! We'll have a party. We don't serve any man. We serve Jesus Christ. And he's the head. We follow him. Many people are, are putting him up on a pedestal. You know, you get put on a pedestal, it's a long way to fall. Long way to fall. I know we're not going to be flawless. We're not going to be flawless in our lives. I know that. We're all going to sin. If we say we don't sin, we make him a liar. I know that. But we can be, aspire to be as much like Christ as possible by allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And that's what I don't see happening here. Jehu was anointed by God to do great things. God had given him a command to do. And he did it with zeal. And then he went overboard with his zeal. And then he didn't clean up his act. And then he didn't clean up his act. He may have done this, but he didn't do that. We can't serve God halfway. Can't serve God halfway. God gave us everything he had. He gave us everything he had in Jesus Christ. Why can't we give everything back to him? Amen? Father, thank you, Lord, that you've shown us these truths. And thank you, Lord, that you've shown us our own hearts, Lord, have come to light, Lord. And thank you for holding a mirror up to us to look into. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to see ourselves as we really are, We're sinners, Lord. We need a Savior. We need Jesus Christ. We need to be in him, found in him, abide in him so closely, Lord, that we can't be separated. We need to always be there. We know that you're, nothing can separate us from that love, but, Lord, we choose to walk away. We choose to do crazy things, Lord. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be the men and women you want us to be, that we might carry the message of the gospel to those who are looking. When we speak, it wouldn't come from hypocritic lips. It would come from truth lips because our lives would reflect that. Help us, Lord. We just love you, Lord. We thank you in Jesus. You are assured. 
This has been another edition of A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank. Thanks for tuning in. As you notice in the course of history, an entire nation can be led astray by following after other gods. But the leader of the nation is the one who sets the example. In so many cases in 2 Kings, the one who was in charge was himself acting wickedly or was swayed by the people who were doing evil practices. Unfortunately, you see the downfall and destruction of a nation when it chooses to stray from following after God. What does that mean for today? What are the patterns and practices being set into place in this nation? When you refer to history, it doesn't look promising, but that doesn't mean that you have to give in to societal pressures and practices. Your example of standing up against the norms could affect others around you. You never know who's observing and how they might change their own perspective based on your example. If you have any questions about what you heard today, you can reach us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609-884-5821. We encourage you to keep looking to Scripture for answers about all of life's questions. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. If you want to hear this message again or others like it, you'll be able to find them on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Don't forget to join us again next time to learn more valuable lessons in 2 Kings right here on A Sure Hope.